scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. For the 100th episode of the ASP, we sit down with our good friend Liam from Clown City Cast to discuss Cowboy Bebop. Enjoy. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, episode 100. Dang! <laughs> My name is Josh. I'm Gavin. And today we're joined by our good friend Liam from Cloud City Cast. Hey y'all, what's going on? <laughs> and today, we, for our 100th episode, we are going to talk about probably the most influential anime of all time. That's uh, definitely uh, arguably correct. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely in America, and for today, sure. And today, so uh, without further ado, we're going to be talking about the anime classic Samurai Pizza Cats. What? Now, what? <laughs> we're not talking about Samurai Pizza Cats? We need cats? record scratch right there. Are <laughs> 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 going to do Samurai Pizza Cats? No, I don't know what that is, man. Uh, it sounds oh. intriguing. Well, I watched all of Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh, you watched the wrong show, oh, buddy. Oh, what were they supposed to watch? Cowboy Bebop. Ah. Oh, it's Cowboy Bebop. Okay, I remember that show. <laughs> well, now my Samurai Pizza Cats knowledge is useless. Uh, should I take away your notebook? Yeah, just get rid of Throw it notes. away. Okay. Here, Man, just, I, I was just, super. Ex I was super excited for Samurai Pizza Cat, but we'll just I rip guess. these notes. <laughs> just rip them off. I was the only one that watched Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Yeah, I did Samurai Pizza Cat. So oh, notes away. we were supposed to watch Cowboy Bebop. Uh, my bad. Yeah. I do watched. Watch, do you watch? I watched. Outlast Stars. Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> Did anybody watch that movie? Uh, John Favreau? Just, yeah, yeah John Favreau, Favreau did. did. Well, he had to. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had to be there and send him and be like, yeah, I made this movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, dang it. <laughs> no, I don't think Harrison Ford watched it. Yeah, he probably, I don't think he he probably doesn't uh, even remember all, making it. Alden Ehrenreich watched it because he was like, I'm going to watch every movie with Harrison Ford. No, I guarantee he did not do that because there's some, <laughs> there's some real stinkers there. Like the fugitive. Did you think he watched the fugitive? He may have watched the fugitive. He's like, you you stole it, <laughs> just so you could have what? I don't remember from fugitive. You you do a killer Harrison Ford Shut man. Up. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Tangents already. Yes. This is going to be an episode full of tangents because Josh didn't take a nap. So. Um, the, the reason that we did this was our first episode was Cowboy Bebop the movie. Episode so one. So we thought yeah. that's that's usually what, it, you know, mm -hmm. first episode means episode just, one. Just agreeing. Um, <laughs> um, but so I decided for this one, it would be good for our hundred episodes to go ahead and bring it back to its roots and do Cowboy Bebop the series. I like it. And then for episode 200, uh, I'm sure the Cowboy Bebop live action will be out by then. So we could do that. Here's hoping, I guess. I'm yeah. not really into all the live-action remakes of animated things, but I'd watch a Cowboy Bebop live-action movie. But Christopher Yost is doing it. Who's Christopher is Yost? It, is it still supposed know. to be Keanu Reeves? No, that was no, the, that was, the that was when it was 2008. Like 2008. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank he's, God. He's going to be too old at this point. He's too old now. No, I don't know. Um, he, he's, he's I don't think he ages, though. Movies. I don't Which, know. Which, they're not stupid, man. Those are actually super enjoyable. I was impressed with both of those movies. They killed a beagle. I don't like that. Well, I, mean, I never I, enjoy that, but I mean, the fact that he literally kills all these people because they killed his dog, pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's still didn't they kill viable. That, didn't they kill like, that woman in there who's like the that female assassin? Didn't they like shoot her in the head? 
And they shot a lot of people in the head. He literally shot everybody in the head. Yeah. Even after he shot him in the chest, then he would walk over and shoot him in the head as well. Double you got to make sure. Always got to make sure. Don't yeah, want to come back. See, I feel All like right. he's still viable as an action hero, but I don't think he's viable as Spike, Spike Spiegel, Spiegel, which is who everybody wants him to be. At this age, maybe he could play Jet, but I don't think he could play Spike because no. he's, he's just too old. He doesn't yeah. have a deep enough voice set for Jet. I mean, you don't have to match the voice. No, but you do an impersonation. I'm not Billingsley. I'm just saying it would be good to match that. I don't that know. He's got a have... raspy kind of husky voice uh, with a little surfer he's, tinge he's, to he's it. Bill and Ted. Well, he's going to be in that again for whatever reason. Really? They're doing another Bill yep. and Ted? Wow. Yep. That's because the world is obsessed picked, uh, with sequels. I would have picked Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace, but I would have had him be Jet Black. That would have been rad. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. So so who who would you then cast? If, if we're doing a live action, Johnny let's, let's just go fantasy right now. Who would you cast? Johnny Youngbosch. In a live action yeah. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Really? And, and who I, would you look, cast I love as? Johnny, like, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I don't... <laughs> I don't see him as like Lynn. being able to carry this type of a film. You know what I mean? No, yeah. no. I I agree. Uh I, oh shoot! That one dude from that uh. Never mind. Okay. I don't know his name. That one where they have to go like the twenty-seven stories or whatever. That like. Never mind. I, I didn't see it. that. See, there was that one I point I thought Tony Jaw would have done really well with it, especially after watching The Protector, and they did that like long fight scene as he goes up the stairwell. Like, mm-hmm. no cuts, just the longest fight scene. I always thought that that would be kind of B.A., but... Um, yeah. I don't know. I think Spike Spiegel, you have to have, like a, you have, a, have, to have a certain um, savviness to mm-hmm. your approach, like, the, like that character, and it has to have, like, this... Um, not... You can't be ostentatious. Like you have to be very reserved, but still be confident. And I just right. don't know what actor out there today really exudes that type of persona. I almost feel like these characters are so iconic. You almost don't want to go with established names. You kind of want to no. go a little bit like the Star Wars model, where you just pick people that are not really famous and bring them into the starring roles. Right. Because I feel like... Yeah, I mean, you know, there are some names that have been thrown around for years, but I don't know. I don't think any of them really work. So I feel like if they just went out and they did a casting call and just really focused on let's pick the right person and forget about star power, I feel like they could they would do a better job casting it. Did you guys ever watch that um, Into the Badlands TV yeah. show? Have you seen that? Mm-mm. What what's his is uh, can't remember his name Daniel Wu Daniel Wu I was thinking Donnie Wu but then I was thinking Donnie Yen Donnie so. Yen but Donnie Yen is another pick for me I could see Donnie Yen pulling it off but I think mm-hmm. Daniel Wu I loved him in Into the Badlands he was literally the only reason I would continue to tune into that show so I don't know I think he would be another really good pick um, but mm-hmm. I think um, Donnie Yen because he does have that like quiet confidence that I think mm-hmm. would would work really well. Um, but I think people, because the way that Cowboy Bebop was broadcast on Adult Swim, I think people would expect a certain tone of voice, mm-hmm. and you would expect it to not be accented. So you would have to try to find somebody that either didn't speak with an accent or somebody well, Dan, that could still uh, have that. Daniel Wu, he doesn't speak with an accent. Right, but Donnie Yen does. 
Yeah. So yeah, so like that that to me would be part of the, the balance. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hair. Even if well, it's not like the full Well Donnie Wu does yeah. or Daniel Daniel Wu has hair. Yeah, he just keeps short, it cut though. short. Well, he, he can grow it out. Like, if he could grow it out, even if it's just like a little grow out and then like a little floof type mm-hmm. thing, that mm-hmm. would still look good. Yeah. Yeah, he just they just got to have hair. Yeah, his hair is a big part of his look. It is. His hair and his shoulder pads. And his big shoes. And his big they're shoes. Very, they're very rounded, those shoes. Yeah, uh, that was very... And you got to get that walk down. You got to get that slouch walk. Yeah. You got to somehow... He's got that long, slender that. cowboy yeah. kind of walk, you know. And Donnie Yen's, uh, Donnie Donnie Wu's not that tall. Damn it, <laughs> Daniel Wu is not that tall. He's like five eleven. I don't know who that is. I so. think the guy from Into the Badlands. Because the 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 kids is about the same height as he is, so I don't think he's tall enough. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a challenge. That that's one of the ultimate challenges to is to live cast Cowboy Bebop. Like it's, what do you, do it's you, the impossible do you do, task. Like, do you put Faye in there? I go back in time and I use a you younger can't. Carrie Ann Moss. You can't well, a younger Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, you have to use somebody now. Trinity forever, man. Okay. Uh, I I don't know. I don't Best know. Actor in that movie. I don't know enough. Uh, Who's the girl from uh, Scott people. Pilgrim versus the World? The um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That could work. Uh, yeah, that could work. Elizabeth Olsen. I don't know who that is. She's Scarlet Witch from Avengers. Yeah. Cut her hair short. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I could see that as a as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably do someone like Scarlett Johansson though. <laughs> She's already been the major. Just like, uh, throw her in. There you go. Maybe. Why not? We'll just continue washing these these characters right out. It'll be fine. <laughs> Nobody will be the upset easiest, about this. The easiest casting is going to be Ayn. Well, sure. Easiest casting sure. by far is yeah. Be just Ayn. find sure. a corgi anywhere. It's like we need a Welsh corgi. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. A Pembroke. Does it need a, a Pembroke Welsh need corgi. A special be like yes. Um, just has to have a, be smart. Just has to have a fat <laughs> old butt. Yep, and red eyes. Um, no, I think that honestly, there, I think there's there's certain characters that it's not so much like the the actor or actress. It's more about just the way they portray the character. Because you think of a character mm-hmm. like Ed, where I mean, for the entirety of the series, everybody was always like, "Is it a boy? Is it a girl? I don't understand." You know. So like, if mm-hmm. you can, it's it's not so much about getting like the voice right, but just the androgynous of the character. And then to mm-hmm. to portray it in a way that it feels familiar, like it doesn't have to be spot on. Like I think that's the right. biggest thing with the whole Han Solo movie is people are expecting like, oh my gosh, he better sound just like Harrison Ford. And it's like, no, as long as it's like the essence of the character, I'd be okay with it. So like with right. with uh, Faye, with Jet Black, with um, Ed, I think with all those characters, as long as you have that. Um, the the feel of them right i think you'd be okay with spike i i think that one's the hardest one to cast out of yeah, yeah like, absolutely the the only way that you can like because you have to build around spike sure it's it's not going to be one of those where you cast everybody else and then you're just like i have to wait on spike to cast him it's like yeah you have to cast spike first i agree and then build around spike i totally agree with that you know what watanabe created this story around spike it was he, he was the first character that he came up with and so everything is kind of revolving around him 
And I agree. And I also agree with what Liam said. And I think if we look at Cowboy Bebop, the movie, you know, it was made three or four years after the series ended. And it it's a little different than the show as well. You know, it, it feels a little different. It kind of captures a lot of the essence of Cowboy Bebop, but it kind of does its own thing. So I think if they do a live action, it'll kind of be one more step removed. You know, they can kind of capture a lot of the essence of the show. But for them to try and do like an exact, like faithful representation of the show is nigh impossible. Well, here, here's the I, thing, I think though. it's tough. If you, if you do this, what do you do with it? Meaning? Like, do you do the 26 episodes that we have? No, I would do a movie, personally. Really? I, 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 I would do a show. Like Netflix? Because I, I think you can get more. Yeah, I think you can get more on a series than you can with a movie. Because yeah. here's the problem with the movies, especially what they do with anime movies. They try to take something that is like what they did with Full Metal Alchemist. They take something that is two to three seasons, like 50 episodes mm-hmm. worth of content, and they're like, jam it into an hour and a half. And right. that's what they do, and that's why they're always atrocious. Like the Attack on Titan movie, they're like, okay, we're going to take a season of an anime, which is 20-something episodes... And we're going to throw it into two two-hour movies. Right. But when they do and things like that, aren't, aren't they trying to like give you the whole backstory and the origins and like cram it all into one thing? Where I, I think if they did a Cowboy Bebop movie, they could just do a story like they did in the, the animated movie and not have to tell you the whole story of all the characters. Well, that's, just that's, do a little movie. Well, I, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to draw in. Because like, you, you don't want just the anime audience. You want... Like, people that aren't familiar with Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. to come see this. Like, people that are, you know, sci-fi fans. Like, you want that Star Wars crowd to come in and watch mm-hmm. your stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you want those people. Like, yeah. you want a Manoa to come in there and watch your watch your show. Mm-hmm. But sure. I don't think you can get that if you're just like, oh, no, yeah, you guys already know these backstories, you know, these people. Whereas, if you do, a like, a Netflix series and you do 12 episodes, mm-hmm. you could do an episode where... You know, kind of like what we do in start off in episode one. Like, you don't have to have the backstory for each of the characters right then. You can have it go, and then like the season finale would be like a backstory of Spike leaving the syndicate, and then at the end you have that shootout with Vicious and the uh, in the church, and then that's the end of your first season. So you're going to do a retelling, is what you'd want to do. Yeah, I mean, I. Otherwise, what are you going to well, do? Well, I, I don't know. I think I mean, if you just retell it, though, it feels too redundant. I almost feel like yeah. I will, I almost want this as a one-shot. Like, give me two to two and a half hours of just solid film. And as long as you give me enough about, like, the syndicate without having to give, like, you know, all of the backstory, you just build it up that, yeah, Vicious is your main villain. You have to include Julia because you have to have that love triangle. You have to have mm-hmm. some nods to Jet leaving the ISSP because you need to have the whole concept of, okay, well, the police force is not sufficient to keep the, the galaxy in line like these other planets in line. Right. So that's why they're hiring bounty hunters. And you have to show to some degree that Earth is uninhabitable. 
and that is why we've colonized other planets. And that could be something as simple as like a two second, you know, two minute voiceover during your opening while you're showing like, hey, here's ships in space, or maybe you start it with just tiny, yeah, or maybe maybe you start out with the shootout, like, like you start out with the shootout between Spike and Vicious, and then it's like mm-hmm. two years earlier, you know, so like you already know we yeah, started like, with I the mean, shootout, and then you draw the curtain back, and you're like, okay, here's Jet, here's Spike, here's Faye. You don't have to do the whole meetup like oh let's pick up each person along the way it's like here's a crew that already exists and you understand that like this is the crew together otherwise you're gonna it's gonna be too reminiscent of guardians like hey let's pick up one person along the way and it's not gonna feel Mm -hmm. as individualized as it needs to i'd almost prefer to jump right in like here's your backstory here's your crew here's their mission spike has to have the shootout with vicious at the end uh ambiguous ending in case it blows at the box office and we can't do a sequel but ambiguous ending so that if it does well enough that we can continue on with a sequel well why don't we do this then why don't we because we know that jet and spike have been together for two years before the events of bebop Mm -hmm. so why don't you just make it the jet and spike show like you can call it cowboy bebop the series but you don't have ein you don't have Faye, and you don't have ed Mm -hmm. you can maybe allude to you could maybe show Faye out there but they're right. never going to run into her. So, so, or if they do, it's very impassing. But it's basically going to be Jet and Spike learning to be bounty hunters. Because I mean, Jet just came from the ISSP, mm-hmm. and Spike just like got <laughs> shot to hell from the Red Dragons. Right. So, I mean, have the two of them, you know, be picking everything up. You know, everything goes, and then that's what you make. Like, if you're going to do a series. I yeah. think that would be a good first season. And yeah. then you're like, all right, here's season two, two years worth of history. Yeah, here's season two, season two here's you can Faye. Introduce everybody yeah. else. Or season yeah. two, here's mm-hmm. Ed. Season three, here's Faye. You know what I mean? Like you can introduce, maybe the first season is just Jet, um, uh, Spike, and, Jet and Ayn. Spike. Like you introduce Ayn. Yeah, they, they can pick, they can pick you, Ayn up. Or yeah. you pick Ayn up in like the last episode. And you're like, oh my God, they found Ayn. And then you're like, but where's Ed? Where's mm-hmm. Faye? And then maybe you get those in season two or two and three or however. I don't know. I think I think there is a way of doing it. I really liked the way that they handled uh, Altered Carbon on Netflix. I thought that that was done really well. I thought that they covered enough of the book and then made enough changes that you didn't know exactly how it was going to end. You kind of assumed it was going to be close to the book, but you didn't know definitively. And I feel like with Cowboy Bebop, you have to toe that line where anime fans are going to come in and not be hypercritical of it and not be able to completely guess everything that's going to happen along the way. But it has enough nods and Easter eggs to keep them happy, but then also enough information that you're not overwhelming the people that already know the story but you're giving enough to introduce the new fan like you said the manoas of the world to to mm-hmm. this uh, to this story to keep them invested for your merchandise you know your toys your sequels you know all of your spin-offs and then you know if it does well enough maybe you go back and you do when jet black was still in ISSP or like when spike was still part of the syndicate yeah, I mean I, I think if, if you do that two year gap that would be the perfect time to do an episode backstory. So like mm. you could do an episode backstory. Like the first episode I would assume would be your episode backstory with Spike. And then like episode five you would have that same thing with Jack. Oh no mm-hmm. dude. Check it out. So you start the first season, Spike is <laughs> still part of the syndicate. So it's like yeah. your whole first season is just him in the syndicate. Uh Jet is still part of ISSP and like Jet is trying to to 
like hunt down Spike as part of the the syndicate and like Spike doesn't even know that Jet's Ooh. after him type thing and then in the second yes. season like maybe it's like Jet is just after somebody he doesn't know it's specifically Spike but you kind of get the idea that he's the one that he's after and then towards season two when they both leave their respective positions and they join forces there's always this unspoken thing that the audience knows that Jet was going after Spike and it's only a matter of time before that comes up that he's like, oh, yeah, I was yeah. actually supposed to bring you in, and that fractures their friendship. To me, I think that'd be a kind of... Yeah, that'd be, I, I be that's fantastic. Season, yeah, that's awesome. See, I, and I like all of these storylines that you both are coming up with. I, I really think they're intriguing. But the ultimate question for me comes down to whether or not I want a live-action thing to happen at all. And I would like to see those two stories play out, the two that you guys both presented, but I'd prefer them to be animated. Oh, for sure. I just I just want them to do more animation because this is really one of my very favorite animated things ever. And, you know, the idea of doing live action can be neat, but to me this is this world exists in the medium of animation and that's where I want it to stay. Well, it's one of those where uh Sinichiro Watanabe doesn't really go back and complete things like bebop mm-hmm. was an exception mm-hmm. like he doesn't like you don't do anything else with space dandy mm-hmm. you don't do anything else with like samurai shampoo you just kind of you put it out there and then there it is like right. that is like bebop again with that that's just the exception because you're like well we have a ridiculous franchise we need to try and cash in a little bit more on it <laughs> and so they cashed in a little bit more on it right and that's how we got the movie yeah but yeah i i don't know if like in, I I don't know if Sunrise would do it again. Yeah, and I don't think they will. Um, and ultimately, to be honest, I don't think they need to. Like, there there are some great ideas for some some stories and some prequels and you know more that we could see. But I don't need anything else. I think what we have is pretty near perfection. Yeah. Personally. No, I I would agree because like I'm with you. This is this is easily one of my top three animes of all time, and it is mm. one of those ones. Where, like maybe every other year, I go back and watch the series in, in its entirety, including the film. Like that's one of the best parts. Is like here's a movie that happens in yeah. the middle of the series. Well, I mean it's closer to the end, but because it's right. what episode like twenty two point five, like twenty. Yeah, it's yeah. like twenty between twenty two yeah. and twenty three. So I mean I. I like that, and I'm I prefer finite animes. So I like ones that have mm-hmm. that concrete ending. I mean, even those this one has an ambiguous ending. It's it's still you can watch these 26 episodes and that's it. That was one of the things that was so frustrating about like Naruto is that yeah, the first like 99 to 100 episodes like involve the story, and then the next 120 episodes after that is filler bullcrap that you're like really 220 <laughs> episodes and only the first 100 have any relevance to the story. So it's like I like right. that same thing. That's why Trigon's my number one, you know, con- what 20 I think it's 28, 20, 28 episodes, yeah, something like that. Concrete mm-hmm. episodes. Same same with Outlaw Star yeah. too. Outlaw Star is like we got twenty something episodes. Yep. Um, nice. And that's a lot of those old anime, like those yeah. old really good animes. They're like we're doing this many, 
That's it. Well, it, what was it? Like, um, I had a friend that got me into um, Tenchi Muyo when I was a kid, and I dug it at first, and then they did that movie Tenchi Muyo in Love that was, like, super brutal, and I was totally thrown off because I was not expecting it to be as, like, violent as it was. And then I found out that there was all these, like, crazy, stupid spinoffs from that, and I was like, oh, apparently I don't like harem anime, so this is not going to be <laughs> my bag. But as, like, a primary introduction, I, I, I enjoyed it. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, like the first series that had only like the 51 episodes. Like those are the types of anime that I dig. And I think with this one easily, like it's not just the the fact that it's finite, but the characters, like each individual character is so intriguing. That's like, yo, I'll watch 26 episodes just of freaking Ayn. I don't even care. Like (laughs) they they made a Corgi an important character, like an important part of that mm-hmm. film of, of, of that series. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Gav. I think that this exists in its most pure form as an anime, mm-hmm. but I'm that keep moving forward, dude, that it's like, Hey, let's see what somebody else's spin on it. Like if somebody literally gave me the reins, it was like, Hey, Liam, I'm going to have you direct a live action TV show for Netflix. Like I would totally do the idea that I'd pitch where it's like, yo, let's do spike in the, the syndicate. We'll do jet in ISSP and we'll build up to them eventually becoming friends and then feeling betrayed by one another. No. When you eventually find out where they both came from. Like to me, that alone before you even introduce the other characters would be kind of cool. And I would love to take a crack at it or somebody that's better at at directing than I am. (laughs) Nice. So, on that wonderful bombshell, I guess let's go ahead and talk about the anime. Yeah, let's do it. Because we kind of <laughs> didn't do any of we, that. We've been talking uh, hypotheticals this whole time. Yeah, so so we've got... Uh, let's just kind of go into the characters. Okay. Let's let's go... Who's everybody's favorite character in Cowboy Bebop, Gav? Uh, I think it's Spike for me. With I, I really do love Ed. I, I love her character so much. I think she brings a wonderful balance to the show that it, that it kind of needs at that midpoint in the season when she arrives. But yeah, I mean, it's all about spike. He, he's the man. Liam. Well, I'm, honestly, this is kind of a, a tough toss up. Cause with I uh, like spike was that character that I want to be like, if I was going to, you know, become the live version of an anime character, I always thought spike was so cool. He was so BA. Um, so I, I really dig him, but I kind of identified more with Jet, you know, like mm-hmm. as a character, not just because I have a sweet beard and his is crazy, um, but also in a ba- like one of my friends from way back in the day literally looks exactly like Spike, like to the T, like the hair, thin, lithe body, likes martial arts. The only thing is that he like could never shave all the time so he always had like crappy peach fuzz on his face like a really bad like (laughs) baby goatee um so Mm -hmm. if he kept his face clean he literally would have looked like the physical embodiment of spike so mike capicelli if you're out there you freaking looked just like spike i saw a picture from the other day and he still looks like him just with a dirty mustache so i mean (laughs) to me i was like i would love to be spike but there's obviously other people that actually look like him so i gotta go with jet and Jet, Jet Black's story nice. to me, I think it's 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 kind of sad. Like it, you you gets his arm. Well, yeah. Off. Well, yeah. you just feel for him, and he's that guy by his partner. Right, but he's that guy that doesn't mind being the second fiddle to Spike. Like Spike is the hero without wanting to be the hero, and Jet's just there to like bail him out. And I just dig that. Yeah, I, I feel like he's the character that we get. We don't get enough backstory for. Like we don't really get a fully fleshed out backstory for him, and I and I feel like that's 
plot wise, that's one of the only things that I find wanting in the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because you have like the whole series is in minus Spike, by the way. Um, <laughs> you have the whole series that is basically Spike. Mm-hmm. There's like five episodes that are primary Spike Syndicate episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have you get Faye. She's got like there's two or three Faye centric backstory ones. Um, yeah. Ed's another character where we're just like, okay, here's Ed, and then we get her backstory when she leaves. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Um, See, the thing with the yeah, thing with Faye is I super dug Faye because she she felt like a female gambit to me. Like when they first introduced her, because she very much was like that thief, like couldn't trust her. She was the like, oh, I don't really need you guys so I can go on on my own and do my own stuff. But then there are times that I still need you guys. Um, But I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of like fan service characters. And I feel like they leaned kind of heavy into um, hypersexualizing her, and I almost would have preferred her to just be like a very confident woman without it having to be like, let's put her in slim fitting, you know, uh, negligee all the time. Or like in the movie when they had the, I can't think of the the villain's name, but Vincent. Vincent, thank you. But when he when he cuts her blouse, and you're like, why? Like there was literally no <laughs> point for them to do that. It was just like blatant fan service. So uh, uh, two two deductions for for Faye, and then I or uh, Ed just always threw me because I was like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? Come on, bring it tell me. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I I, I agree. I in, a, in a way, on that last one was. There what? was nothing with Jed. I was just talking about character development. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Like character backstory episodes. Right, Oh, no, right. they didn't do anything yeah. for him, just the quick conversation with him with somebody else that was still ISSP. And he was like, hey, you'll give me well, a little they, bit they of information. Of and then they, they had the whole bit where he his partner double-crossed yeah. him right. they and sh- shot him in the arm and made yeah. him lose his arm. But maybe, yeah. And he thought it was super cool BA assassin guy who... It didn't right but i i think that's why <laughs> i it would be cool to use him as the basis of a live action like if, if it's the right. character we know the least about it's less likely mm-hmm. that you're gonna go off canon to give him more of a backstory so yeah but yeah no i well, I, I think i think both characters are i think all characters are fantastic to in this show yeah. to be honest with you i agree i think they they came up with an amazing balance with this cast. You know, they give you kind of all shapes and sizes, all kind of like they've got strong males, strong females, a kid, a dog, and they all kind of play different roles. Um, I think the character design is really cool in this show. You know, it's weird sometimes, uh, you know, when you have, okay, for shows like, let's say the Simpsons or family guy or Futurama or something like that, right? You have a group of characters that you see in every single episode and they're always wearing the same clothes, right? But those are always kind of like farcical, silly shows. But when you have a more gritty, like realistic show like this and they're wearing the same clothes in every single episode <laughs> and it never changes. I always kind of feel it's like, like God, you guys must stink a lot. Right. Like they're, they're all locked up in this tin can in space and they're all wearing the same clothes that they've always worn. I just feel like, God, that's, that's probably kind of dingy in there. They wash them. I guess, but no, we never they, see them. We see them do them. other, sh- other we chores. Show them, we show them do laundry. We show spike come out in the t-shirt and then put his, 
Yeah, I don't know, but there's just long stretches where they haven't had time to do laundry, and I don't know. (laughs) That just always strikes me, but I like what they did as far as, you know, dressing them up um, in ways that kind of speak to their character as well. Uh, You know, I, I think obviously the most iconic, of course, is Spike, and, you know, he's, he, this show came out in the in the last great era of shoulder pads and you know he's got that cool lean physique but with that triangle shape because of the wide shoulders and the straight shoulder pads and that big kind of weird double-breasted open collar on his jacket it's very lupon it's yeah, all just very very, very, very yeah much. it is very yep. lupon and uh it, it it's just so cool looking though and and when he moves when he fights it just it ends up being so aesthetically neat and you know in in kind of a cinematic way and you know i i think they did a great job with all of it you know the even ed and her little like cut off t-shirt spandex shorts kind of thing where she's just like i just want to be comfortable and free you know all the time and i just i love it i think every everything they did with the design of the characters uh pretty much works the only thing that bugs me is how phase uh like over shirt or whatever that she wears like draped down to her elbows all the time like that just kind of bugs me because it's like that's got to be restricting to your movement and she wears it down like halfway down her arms all the time and i just want to like pull it up over her shoulders and like like free her arms a little bit or like take it off like it's just like halfway in between and that just it does drive me nuts so in uh what was in x-men was it an apocalypse? Yeah, X-Men Apocalypse, uh, Olivia Munn plays Psylocke. And the costume mm. that they had built for her originally was very reminiscent of like the actual comic book with like the crotch slit like way far up the the thighs, like high onto her hips. Mm-hmm. So the first time mm-hmm. she went to meet like James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, I want to say, it like broke mm-hmm. in the middle. So it's like it literally it's like, oh, okay, like this is the most embarrassing that could possibly happen. I'm like See, that's exactly what would happen with these outfits. They're completely <laughs> I impeccable. I love Spike Spiegel. There is no way you'd be able to form that level degree of martial arts in a freaking three-piece suit. Like, I'm sorry. It just right. it would not happen. The, there's no dress pants on earth that have like that amount of unrestricted mobility. So, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, he would just have a ripped crotch all the time, like trying to do those kicks, you know? Or like... I mean, you, also, like, Fade... Like her pants aren't ever buttoned. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> all the time. They're, just, they're they're held up via suspender. Yeah, and that's and, and her it. non-existent hips. <laughs> oh yeah, she doesn't have those. She can somehow keep a gun, like right behind In her there back somewhere. Like, Where? Yeah. Where? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of like may- maybe you know the year is twenty seventy one, so maybe suit fabric technology is has advanced to the point where you can maybe it's like you know, Star Trek, where do like, aerial splits and not rip your pants. It's open. like it's like Star Trek. Maybe they all have like Velcro. Oh, maybe. So, so like, in the original series, it was all Velcro on yeah, the stuff. So yeah. maybe just pop that Velcro on there. <laughs> okay. And then she's just got Velcro back. But, like but let's it. remember, in 1985, they thought that we were going to have, like, jackets that could automatically dry us off and shoes sure. that automatically, la- like, laced and tightened around our feet. So, yeah, right. that was, you know, th- what, 30 years before 
the 2015 and we didn't get any of that crap three years ago. I'm still waiting on my hoverboard that I don't have. So I'm right. going to go ahead and say from now till 2071. Yeah, we still aren't going to have that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Faye, like we, we were piecing it out. Like Faye's been in cryogenic sleep for 54 years. She would have had to have been frozen last year. Last year. In yeah. order for Cowboy Bebop to, to exist. take place. And right. yeah, we can't, yeah, so we're not yeah. there uh, technologically speaking. Right? No. Or like, or like even in Akira when they're like, oh, 1998 or whatever. You're like, no. Right. This isn't it like, at all. Whoa. Way off. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. It's 2020 because it's during the uh, uh, Tokyo Olympics. Is it? Uh-huh. That's why Akira is so cool because – or Akira is so they cool because it. they're having the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Right. And the Olympics this year and tw- – or nice. in, next year in, tw- in 2020 are in Tokyo. That's too funny. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. So uh, I do want to mention one other thing with character design. Uh, Jet um, grows whiskers higher on his face than any other character ever because his beard basically comes right up underneath his eye in those two little points. I think that's really kind of weird. I love his. I love his scar. He's got a cool scar with the with the metal, metal piece, like metal bandage uh-huh. thing that's like always there. That's yeah. like I guess it's like keeping his cheeks no. together so he doesn't. I'm like, a- I don't know why, because it's a scar. Well, no, I yeah. would. It's not gonna like burst. Well, open. no, I figured what it was is he probably shattered his or- orbital, so that it's literally uh-huh. holding his eyeball oh, in okay. place. It's like, oh, here's a metal plate, so my eye doesn't fall out like a crazy. And no, and I love yeah. that scar. Like I was always like, man, how come I get scars everywhere, but like perfectly over my eye? That'd be so cool. <laughs> um, and I loved it because, right. like, I don't know about you all, but my beard literally goes like right up under my eye. So like, if I wanted to shave it into like the jet lines, I could do it. You should do um, it. Liam, that, you have to yeah, do that. I'm going to go ahead and say no, because in an anime, it looks great. In real life, not so much. Come on, dude. He, he do it for Halloween. Has, you they, have to do it they, for he Halloween. He also has to somehow like make it go out. Oh, no, that's, no, the, that's, that's the, easy. You just have to use beard wax. And like, as you yeah. grow the but length. Like, I'll, but it's like this far oh, yeah, that's out, fine. though. It's like a couple no, inches. That's not a problem. Oh, yeah. No, I could yeah, definitely do that. that, I, that, that I will try work. to find a picture of me when I had, like, a much longer beard, and I'll show it to you guys, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, he could easily spike that out. <laughs> spike. Spike that out to, to, <laughs> nice. to be reminiscent of Jet. If I can convince Brittany to finally watch the entire series and be Faye mm-hmm. Valentine and then have Remy dress up like Ayn, just put him, like, in a little dog suit, or actually... I was thinking Ayn. Or me. actually, because he has the yeah. sweet curly hair, he could actually pull off Spike. So if he's Spike, I'm Jet, oh and God. she's Faye. Would be pretty cool. So maybe Halloween Adorable. this year, if we can talk them into it, talk Brittany into it. Remy will go for whatever. Yes, yes, yeah. We need and to you work have on a that. Dog. We do, and she is a corgi mix. It's corgi. She she just yes. still has her tail because we're not savages, right? Oh yeah, mine mine's a corgi blue healer mix, and I didn't cut my cut her tail off. You're not a savage. She was a puppy, and I'm like, no. Yeah, like I don't know what you guys are like, talking about. Cut but, uh, you cut corgi's tails off to make them have that little nub. Why? Because people are awful. Aesthetics? No, yeah, it's, it? it's the same way that they do with boxer ears when they pin yeah, them up. Dobermans. Like, basically break the... Yeah, they like... They, no, the they yeah they cut and like pop them in like yeah there. they cut yeah. the ear to make it more pointy because Dobermans have floppy ears but you cut it and then you wrap it with with uh, like popsicle sticks and you tape them up mm-hmm. and you leave it like that way until they stay and that's why they have the creepy pointy ears that's not natural for that dog. Well, modern canines are not natural anyway. They're all science experiments. Well, so are we though. Just like mine. <laughs> 
little bit. It's a science anyway, so, uh, so but with okay, so with with the introduction of like that, like Ayn as a character, when you really think of like the way that it's introduced, that pretty much it's like a mm-hmm. MacGuffin because it's like it's in a briefcase. We gotta get this, and it's like I thought that episode was going somewhere completely different, especially with like the weird tall basketball player guy that had gone undergone surgery to not look like the way he was supposed to look. I don't know. There was mm-hmm. just there was a whole lot of aspects to that show or like to that episode like that just threw me for a loop and then at the end when we're like, "Oh, we get this cute little corgi." I was like, "Yeah, I'm still on board. This is amazing." <laughs> yeah, that is kind of a weird episode. I like how they kept him too. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. We're just like, yeah. Hey, I guess we got to keep it." Well, yeah, exactly. he can f- another mouth to feed. Yeah, right, but he can mm-hmm. hack things. Like that's amazing. That's like, "Oh, it's an adorable little dog that can also hack computers." Yeah. Okay. He only yeah. hacks one computer, though. That's all you need. Yeah, but I think you get the impression that he he does it more often. They just don't show. Right. Him. Yeah. Just every every yeah. episode is a montage of him just hacking a bunch of different things, <laughs> which leads me to like, why didn't they just have him hack like a bank to move funds over to them? And then they're like, now we're not broke anymore because literally every because episode. Not thieves. Yeah, but literally every episode. They're cowboys. Yeah. Oh, well, except for Faye, she's very much a thief. Yeah, Faye would do it. She didn't right. think about no, that. Apparently not. Mm-hmm. She was too busy friggin' what was that crap they were always trying to eat? It's like all that they ever had was like wasn't it like Oh, bell peppers and yeah, beef. Yeah, the there beef. you go. Bell peppers yeah. and beef without mm-hmm. the beef. Yep, that's yep. it. It's like Jet, this is bell peppers and beef. <laughs> Where's the beef? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we can't afford beef spike. <laughs> like, I, nice. I like the one where they get the the crap ton of shiitake mushrooms yes! and he makes shiitake mushrooms like six different ways. <laughs> it's very it's very much like Forrest Gump. Like we got shrimp. Pilaf, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We got baked mushrooms, well, fried mushrooms, sautéed mushrooms. I, on the topic of characters, though, I think there are a group of characters that are pretty integral to this show that we haven't mentioned, and I feel like. The, the ships guy in the themselves. Cornhusker hat. No, no, no. <laughs> I feel like the ships themselves are are in many ways characters in this show. Kind of like I don't know if you guys both watched the show Firefly, but I feel like the Firefly itself in that show was so integral. I'm sorry. The what? The Firefly. That's not the name of the ship. Wasn't it called the Firefly? It's a Firefly class. You're right. It's Firefly class. Serenity was the ship. But I feel like the Bebop and then their individual ships, they play such a a role in it. You know, it's like it's their home. It's their means of transportation. It's their means of protecting themselves. It it does, you know, they do so many things in all these ships. And I really dig them. They're all very uniquely designed, which I kind of think is cool. It's like they all came from you know, different makers, probably different eras of ship design. And, uh, you know, I think what they did is is kind of like this hodgepodge motley crew of ships that kind of reflects their own motley crewness as a crew. And I, I just, I dig these ships, man, especially the swordfish. I love the swordfish too. Hell yeah. Yeah. Such a good ship. His, his looks like it would be, like he just came with like he brought it with him from the red dragon because yeah. it's a red ship meant for fighting, yep, right. meant for messing people yep, up. Yeah. And then you have jets, which is more the hammerhead. Of, you know, it's 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 an older, mm-hmm. you know, Milford. And then more you utilitarian, have, exactly. And then you have Phase, which there's a lot of ships that look like Phase oh, in hers? the series, uh-huh. like especially when they're like zoom zoom zoom. Uh, what what was it? Uh, it was red, the tail. red tail. The red tail. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of them that have that same design. So hers is the newer ship. Yeah. Yeah, Which, I, I mean, makes sense because, I mean, she's only been alive for, like, three years. 
or in the future for three yeah. years. Yeah. But I kind of like how, you know, it's like every few episodes, something happens to the ship and they got to, you know, use their resources or their know-how to kind of fix it. You know, it's like they're taking care of this other character. And I don't know. I just, I love the way that they, because I feel like in a lot of ways, we could walk around the bebop and kind of know where we're going. You know, we kind of know the lay of the land. Well, you say you say that, but there's not a lot of you. You really only spend time in like three places on the bebop. Yeah, you got the main room with the kitchen off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're there, there the most. But then you got the hangar, and then you got you. So there's there's that wheel section as well like the, yeah, where the artificial gravity is. yeah the artificial gravity and off of that is where all the quarters are and like the bathrooms and stuff and i don't know i feel like i could i could go there and pretty much find my way around i think was it both of our number one ships the bebop no it was it was my number one ship yeah i don't the think the bebop was i don't know what yeah. yeah did we do spaceships or did we just do uh vehicles i think, I think we did vehicles but yeah, i think I it was remember. my number one or if we did ships I don't remember, but yeah, we'll have I to go think, back I and think, listen. I think it was my number one. Yeah, it was just it's a dope. I think thing. mine was Porco Rosso's biplane. <laughs> nice, because <laughs> I love it so much. So, so like when you think about, and that's one of the things because you guys know me, I always love dogfights. Like Star Wars, mm-hmm. those are my favorite sequences. Return of the Jedi still is one of my favorites because of the dogfight sequences and that. Um, with mm-hmm. this, I mean, even just Spike and Phase dogfight is so phenomenal and the the way that yeah. they utilize the swordfish too the way that they what was her ship redtail was that what it was redtail yeah. yeah the way that they utilize her ship like i i i always enjoyed those scenes so to some degree like those ships were characters the bebop was absolutely its own character um yeah. but i think that oh, was it like is it the first episode where it's the the girl pretending to be pregnant and she has like all the vials under yeah. dress. So it's basically on Tur- yeah. Tantonio and Banderas and Salma Hayek. Um, I, I really liked, um, you know, like even like in that sequence, like just the utilization of ships where it's like, you know, it's the future, you know, it's space, but yet every ship feels familiar. Like there, there's mm-hmm. something, I don't know if it's just the design work or because they gave them like fish names, you know, like if there was some, something about it that always made it feel like these were possible. I think that's what yeah. I always loved about it. I agree. The The whole show has kind of that gritty realness to it that, you know, I mean, it's the whole storytelling and aesthetic is, you know, based on noir aspects and Western aspects and, you know, classic cinematic themes that we all kind of know and, and find familiar. So it it does. It all seems like, you know, it, it is on the near horizon of possibility as far as, you know, personal ships and you know, space travel with gates that allow us to travel between the planets really quickly. You know, it's all stuff we've seen in science fiction before. And this is uh, an example where they, they give it a very lived in, you know, experienced feel, you know, everything's got a little age on it and a little damage to it. So, you know, it doesn't feel all slick and bright and new and what a lot of people think of as kind of like science fiction, you know, and like that kind of clean, like purely theoretical way. So, uh, you know, I, I, I agree. And I think the ships just, they lend such a cool realness to the whole show and a, and a weight to it. 
And uh, I agree, man. Those dogfights are are awesome. And there's several really good ones. So uh, we've talked about the characters. Do we want to talk um, about the general story of yeah, this show? Yeah, the story. Um, I, do, I do have a, a couple problems with the story, um, mainly with Ed. And it feels like a character. They brought her on and then didn't really know what to do with her until they let her go. Mm-hmm. in the last episode that's when that's when she gets her backstory and that's when she leaves mm-hmm. it just seems like they didn't really know what to do with ed they were like uh she can be the hacker they're like okay what else can she do um she kind of stays on the ship and that's about it mm-hmm. so she doesn't really do much there's like a couple like there's the chess episode where she does something and then there's the episode where she gets mushrooms and those are like <laughs> the only two episodes that she really does anything everything else she's just kind of like there mm-hmm. i mean i guess i kind of understand why because you need to put some levity yeah in she's it. the comic yeah. relief but, it, but it's also like yeah i mean i get that she's the comic relief but there's enough zippy one-liners from everybody else on that crew that i'm not i don't feel that you need the comic yeah relief. but it was one-liners without like the actual like break in the seriousness of the show i think especially the scenes whenever you introduce whenever vicious is is brought back into play the show takes a very dark turn and i think that even yeah. with the zippy one-liners they're still so almost like deadpan delivered that you don't get that break and i think that's why you need ed is you need ed to break up not the monotony of it but just like the 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 feeling of impending doom <laughs> throughout like the entire well, series well, we, well you say that but we have like the first time that we meet vicious ed still has five episodes before she gets there no and i know then the second time that then the second time that we meet vicious ed is on the crew but she doesn't do anything she's stuck up in the ship and does absolutely nothing. There's no funny parts with her or anything like that. And then the next time we meet Vicious, she left the episode before. So, I mean, there's really... I, I understand what you're saying, like, why you would need a character like yeah. that. But at the same time, she's not in any of those scenes with our darkest character. Right. Mm-hmm. She does. She doesn't really... But no, no, I'm saying... But you know, I'm not saying just in the Vicious episodes. I'm saying throughout the entirety of the show. Like, there is always, like, this dark cloud over every single episode and like none like even the writers talked about that it was very difficult for them to write the the humor aspects of this show because so much Mm -hmm. of the content lent itself to be morose so having a character like ed enabled them to be like okay well here's the one character that can pretty much always be goofy she's barefoot she's walking on her hands we don't know if it's a boy or a girl like you know even she like what didn't they they talk about in her little backstory episode that like even her father forgets the sex of his own child so it's like you know is her name francois like what what is this character and so i think that that little bit of a mystery and then the comedic approach that they had to her i think that that helps break up the story to some degree because otherwise when you think about it other than the flashback vicious episodes and whatnot so much of this story is like uh okay well this session right session is only going to be okay well this is what's today's bounty okay what's today's bounty and they're always watching that show like here's the big bounty for today cool we're going after that one so it's like yeah you have this overall arc but each episode is so self-contained that that's where Mm -hmm. you need ein to be and that way when you do go back into those episodes that focuses on vicious you go okay well now we can focus on the dark because we've had these moments of levity throughout those other episodes before we get here 
Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I can understand. I, I understand what you're saying again, but yeah, I just I don't feel I don't feel like you need her character because I mean, you did it nine episodes before she even got there, mm-hmm. um, and then like in probably one of the funniest episodes, which is the one with Cowboy Andy. Yeah. She she has two lines in that whole entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean well, like, I mean she's not a major character, you know, she's only in, you know, small parts of, you know, except for the one show or the one episode where it's her backstory, her backstory and she episodes. finds her way back to that home where with all the kids. But other than that, you know, she's just in like a scene or two maybe in most episodes. So I don't see her as a major character, but I I I kind of liked that she was the enigma the whole time you know you just you didn't know what she was thinking like is her random babbling is that genius because at times it would you know she would prove herself to be this crazy eccentric genius kid and sometimes it would benefit the crew sometimes it would just be you know some frivolous thing that she's over there doing so i guess i didn't rely on her to you know play uh a major role in accomplishing tasks so to speak i just liked her as a an added piece of the texture of you know their their crew basically and i found her really entertaining and so yeah for me i guess uh it it works just for variety's sake you know i like that all these other characters just have these I mean, I guess she does have a kind of a dark, um, damaging background, but the other ones as adults, I guess, carry that weight a lot more than a kid. Um, and so it's nice to have a lighter character in the mix, so to well, speak. Because you could say the same thing about Ayn, that like he doesn't serve that much of a purpose. So it's like, oh, we could eliminate Ayn, but then it's like, you could look at Star Wars and be like, man, do we really need C-3PO? Now we could probably get rid of him. We just really need R2. C-3PO is just kind of there. You know, like you could definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, you could look at any like team up crew movie and start eliminating the people that feel a little bit superfluous. And then that way you mm-hmm. break it down to the, the core group. Like, yeah, you probably could have done this whole series with just Jet and Spike. You didn't even really need Faye when you really think about it. Because at the end, mm-hmm. at the end, um, honestly, you may, might not even need Jet. You could have just had Spike like, oh, I'm a bounty hunter and I'm trying to escape my past. And it keeps drawing me back in. Up, oh, it drew me back in. Final, final showdown shows over. Right? Like you could have mm-hmm. done it that way. So I don't know. There's, there's a part of me that definitely agrees. Like she's not the most useful of characters, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> but I feel like she's necessary right. in her own regard. Yeah. So what do you guys think about the general overarching story of the whole show? Like beginning to end, do you feel like it's cohesive, that it's well-written? Like I've heard you guys both say that you feel that the ending's ambiguous. I don't think it's as ambiguous as most people do, but what do you guys kind of think of the general storyline of the whole 26 episodes? Sessions. I I like... Sessions. Sessions, yes. Yeah, (laughs) i think it i think it's really good um it starts off you know a little bit weird because i mean you don't really know what's going on until episode four i believe is that's when you actually get some bit of story and you're like Mm -hmm. oh okay there's something going on Mm -hmm. there actually is this thing so i like that um and then you have it does i mean you really only have if you combine your two-parters into one actual Mm -hmm. like 
episode, you only have three episodes of any sort of backstory. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's all it's all all for Spike. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, I I I think it, I think it works well. Um. The 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 the, the, the space parasite episode is a little bit weird just because it's also the only the only episode that ends with the end so it doesn't end with a sea space cowboy she's like the end they all died congrats (laughs) so uh yeah that one that one's weird so other than that i mean i think i think story-wise it fits perfectly together Mm -hmm. um unlike you yeah i do think it is you know a little ambiguous because again you don't actually know that Spike's dead. It is alluded to yeah. that he is dead. But here's the thing. He also, like we said, like when he fights Vicious, he also gets shot multiple times, stabbed, mm-hmm. falls out of a window that's like four to five stories <laughs> tall out of a clock tower. Right. Has that explosion that I'm sure propels him for faster to the ground. Probably. Does a nice splat. Totally fine. <laughs> I mean, I... My deal is I I don't want his final line to be wasted. Just How's that, dang wasted. If he's if he's alive, then it's just like oh man, that would have been the perfect last words for Spike. And well, he I does just, bang throughout the series. I know, but that the last exactly. yeah the I last think that time. would be the the perfect like way to go out. Just handgun, bang, collapse dead, final words. Like if he comes to again, it's just like ah. Uh, that would have been cool, but I wasted it. <laughs> well, didn't even the creator say that the people that thought that he um, is merely sleeping were probably right? So even he kind of leaves it that like, yeah, he's he's probably still alive, which I kind of like. I, I like yeah. the idea that like he says bang, and then if he does fall asleep or like passes out or whatever, it's because he's like finished the job. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's not a yeah. bang, I'm dead. It's like a bang. Now it, this this chapter is done. Like this session is yeah. done. I, I kind of like that, but I don't know. I yeah, it is definitely more impactful if he if he is you know all, also no longer with us at the end of the series. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I enjoyed it either way. I think I probably focused less on like I, I definitely wasn't losing sleep over like oh was he alive is he dead. I, it was more of just like dang that was a really good ending. That was a good way to send it off. Yeah, I agree. The only, the only thing where he could possibly be dead, but it is again, it's it's also ambiguous because it could be vicious as right. well. Because we have the we have the little Native American guy who is telling throughout the series that whenever you see that shooting star, mm-hmm. it is a person who's right. know, a war or a warrior soldier that's like moved on. Right. And at the end, you do see that one shooting star, which again could lead, could be vicious, could be Spike. Well, yeah, that's true. Because, I didn't think of it, it that way. Because it does happen for other people that aren't. Yeah. Spike, like our main characters, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you see that star, you're just like, oh, somebody else passed on. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, though, like, because you watch the whole credits roll in that last episode and the last thing you see, well, you see an, an image of Spike laying on the stairs, but then you see the image of the stars and that one glowing star completely goes out. And I don't think they would... To me, I don't think they'd waste their time showing that for Vicious. I think they would. That would represent Spike. That's just to me. I I feel like to me that made it clear. Well, see, the the, the best part about the show is that there are like it does have an ambiguous ending where yeah. you can think one thing and then, then yeah, you can think that's something true. else. That's so true. that's what makes a good show. So my only my only problem with that last episode though 
is I really wanted the battle between him and Vicious to be longer. I do feel like it's a little short because they were trying to hold to that regular episode length. I wish it would have been a little longer. Okay. I, w- I will say one thing. I don't care about Julia. Oh, no? I'm glad that she dies. She seems she seems like a crap character. Well, Honestly, yeah. she does. Well, and like Vicious, like I love how like Vicious warns her, like warns Spike, like stay away from her. She's kind of... Uh, she ain't good. And, yeah. you know, Spike doesn't do it, obviously, and that's what leads to everything. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I never, like, when Julia got shot, I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they don't spend a lot of time making you care about her very much. Yeah, if it would have been a character that we cared about, like, yeah. if Faye got shot, and you're like, oh, snap, they killed Faye. Yeah. That's when you'd be like, okay, I can, uh, that would be cool. Or jet gets shot and you're like oh crap they killed jet well i think yeah I think, they killed they kill ein and you're like uh. yeah the series <laughs> over the but that's but, but i think isn't that kind of part of it though i don't think we're supposed to care about julia we're only supposed to care about spike and we understand spike. that he cares yeah. about her so it's not like oh no julia got shot i'm sad it's like oh no julia got shot that was what Spike was trying to prevent. Like he went back, was able to find clues to lead to her, and then finally being able to connect with her after all these years. Like, wasn't it? Because I didn't like just recently watch the show. It's probably been a little bit, but it was like Vicious had told her that he was going to kill them both unless she went and killed Spike. So that's why she ran yep. off and went into hiding. So it's like if it, yep. like. Spike kind of faked his death. Julia's just been missing. This is finally their moment to to reconnect, and then you know it's all for naught. So it's like this whole story has built up to this moment that is so fleeting that I think that's where the heartbreak comes from. So it's not even that like oh when Spike is shot is he dead? It's like oh well he's lost everything. What else does he really have to live for? You know? Yeah, I, love, I, I, I agree John with that take. Too. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh, that scene was directed by John Woo. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so 1998. So perfect. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, and I think that the the Julia character is one of the most prominent examples of the film noir influence on this series, uh, because you know it's just classic that you know you just have this strong male protagonist and there's this woman from the past that you know comes in and out of the scene and you know impacts that protagonist but never really is a character that's developed you know and i think that liam you nailed it in that we're not supposed to feel anything for or about julia we're supposed to feel the impact that it has on spike and i think they did a they did a really good job with that but i agree it's like every time she popped up i'm like uh we know just go away <laughs> they did they did two really good amvs back in the good old days back when they did animated anime music videos oh okay uh where they did a clip uh whenever she got shot uh-huh um they did one for uh like they did it in mogan heap like hide and seek Ooh. like the, what you say like, she got oh shot. no uh, way. and then they then they did another i just died in your arms tonight that was those, oh, those were like two wow. of the best ones wow and that's i was cool. like yeah that that's the only reason that that scene like stuck with me for so long well on that note do we want to segue into talking about the music oh were we done with the story we can still talk about the story uh, you want i was just have... going to talk about how bad bounty hunters they were <laughs> they, they, they don't only, turn in a lot of bounties they bring they bring in like four whole bounties right. the whole entire series everybody else either dies or they're just like let them go 
Right. I, I feel like on the bounty, the practical bounty hunting side, I feel like either we're just assuming that they're, you know, turning in bounties along the way, that's, but that's just not really what the story is necessarily about. Also, though, I feel like they do a pretty good job of showing the long stretches of time between getting a bounty, you know, having somebody to go after fishing for them like they do in that one episode where they're fishing for the pirates. You know, I feel like... (laughs) Or actual fishing. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if you're traversing the, you know, the vast sea of space, it's not just like, you know, going around the street corner and catching a guy. You know, I, I feel like it's, you know, those things are going to be far and few between and, and you're dealing with, you know, that's why they don't have any food and things like that. But yeah, they, they're supposed to be these kind of romanticized bounty hunters. And yeah, I think we see them turn in maybe four. Yeah, I think it's four. Like the whole time. Yeah. So that's, that's a fair point. Yeah. I, I, but, but they do have like Amazon delivery drones <laughs> that deliver Betamax. <laughs> right. Which is pretty cool. I, I do like the the little um, continuing thread of the the little silly bounty hunter show yes. throughout <laughs> it, and then in part one of the finale, you actually because the show gets canceled. Yeah, the show gets canceled. and then you see him picking up his mom at the airport, and she's like, "Do you think you're going to get another show?" And he's like, eh, "We'll see." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. And he doesn't yeah. have his accent, so you know that he was like totally like putting that on for the show. I thought that was a fun little see, touch. But, yeah. At the end. That's- I think yeah. so. I think so much of that though is like the um, their failure at being proficient bounty hunters speaks volumes to the fact that like why Spike would have left the syndicate, like left Red Dragons and whatnot. Because when you look at Vicious, Vicious would be what Spike could have been if he had lost his humanity, right? So you mm-hmm. like when you look at Vicious as a character and why he's so good at being a, like. A, a mob boss is because he has no empathy. He's lost that side of himself that Spike almost desperately tries to hang on to. And I think that's why he's a mm-hmm. terrible bounty hunter because being a bounty hunter like would require you to have some uh, like kind of a, like a hard heart to be able to be like, oh, you know what? Money is worth more than your happiness or your well-being. And because you made this one mistake, I still need to get paid. So I think that the more that you see them failing, the more that you see why he was never going to become what Vicious was or he was never going to be able to maintain that partnership with Vicious because they were just diametric opposites. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. I saw. I read a lot into this TV show, guys. I mean, <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of underlying story to this. I think that's why it was like when you asked Kevin, like, "Hey, what'd you think of the story?" It was like I thought the story was great, but like the mo, like the the themes that were present throughout this, um, and just the yeah. like you were about you were had kind of alluded to asking about what we thought about the music. And my God, this is easily one of the greatest anime soundtracks of all time. Um, you know, Brittany always. Uh, classifies whether or not an anime is going to be good if the intro song is catchy. So, like, that's mm-hmm. what has gotten her to actually sit through certain shows that she probably, if I just described her what the show was about, she wouldn't have sat through, like, Death Note, but she actually enjoyed the right. intro song. So she was like, yeah, we can watch this. Full Metal Alchemist got her to watch <laughs> that because she loved the intro song. Um, you wow. know, uh, Trigon's kind of an outlier because it's just this very like Western hokey. Yeah, it's like ba 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 ba. That's all it is. Like, there's no. Yeah, and even the 
the vocals. Yeah, even the music throughout the show is very just like weird honky tonk. Not honky tonk, but like weird western. <laughs> and then this show is just like this like the the music is this blaring jazz like um, it almost to me it always reminded me of like Johnny Quest. You know, like it had like the 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 cool thematic music and whatnot. It, I don't know. It has like a Bond feel, but still jazzy and still catchy. And just every mm-hmm. fight scene, every dog fight, every like the 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 martial arts sequences, just everything was so gripping. I I don't know. To to me, sonically, this is one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, absolutely. I I hundred percent agree. And I. I sometimes feel like the music might be the very best part of this show. I, I feel like it, it is so important, uh, like soundtracks rarely are. You know, soundtracks usually lend, you know, something to a film or a TV show, but the soundtrack for Cowboy Bebop drives it and creates so much of the atmosphere and uh, the feelings of everything that's going on i think they made amazing perfect musical choices you know just beginning with the intro song which to me is my favorite opening probably of any show of any type ever i adore the opening song and animated sequence for this show you know in this age of streaming television shows and having tv on dvd or blu-ray most people, when they're binging a show, will just skip that intro, you know, just to get right to the show. I can't do it with Bebop. I have to watch that intro every time from beginning yep. to end. I love it. It's one of the greatest things, and it sets the tone for the show. You know, it gives you pretty much everything you need to know to get excited about what you're about to see. And the the song is just, it's so good. It's so freaking good. I skip it. Yeah, do you really well i mean i mean it, it's it's one of the here's the thing guys like i'm more into the anime stuff than you guys are and it is in every single countdown i i know the song like i understand the song i got the song i know it <laughs> like if i could play an instrument i could play it but i and i know the song so when we when we did this one and i had to watch 26 episodes i'm like i can skip two minutes like I can I, I can skip it, the end uh, the beginning and I can skip the end just because I know them yeah so I'm like I can I'm okay with doing that it's not anything that's gonna hurt me in the long run sure so I'm like just like yeah beep 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 skip it <laughs> the end goes like once they do that see a space cowboy and the mm-hmm. rose pops up yeah. I automatically hit skip to go to the next episode yeah because I'm like I I know this God I can I can yeah. hear the music in my head right now like the blaring trumpets that I can hear it like I don't it's just yeah. to to me there is some like I, I like I will get up and freaking dance to that beginning music cuz it's so much fun <laughs> and I don't know to me I think yeah. it helps set the mood for what you're about to watch so I don't know I yeah. I, I I well the thing is though like if you're binging it you're already in the mood because you've already you're in the mood for Spike Jet and Faye because you've just watched them for an hour and a half of Spike Jet and Faye so you're already in there so yeah. like I I understand like if if it, if it was airing then yeah, I would watch it, but yeah. given the choice, it, yeah, I've given seen, the choice, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's something that I've seen probably a hundreds of times, mm-hmm. and like I already know it, so I'm like, okay, I got you. I can, I can go ahead and skip that. No, skip I mean, that I there. I get that. I I I just feel like I've seen this is probably my 
I don't know, I want to say fourth or fifth full time watching all the way through the show. And I just did binge it this last week. I watched all the 26 episodes and I, I mean, it might be my favorite part of the show. I just, I love it so much that I just get a kick every, every time the intro kicks off, I'm just, I'm in it. I'm zoned in and I watch it from beginning to end. And then, you know, okay, so that's the intro, but the, the music that they do throughout this show is just so consistently good. You know, they, they use so much jazz and blues in this. They use that nice operatic when Spike is falling from. Yeah. 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 I mean, they make great musical choices in this and, and, you know, I love the music of the nineties and I feel like it was a, a very amazing era artistically for music and there were so many great retro undercurrents in that era of music. One of them being, you know, the the big band jazz and swing stuff that hit in the mid nineties. And this kind of is just using all of that as a stepping stone and creating this amazing, you know, backwash of uh, sounds and feelings and, and just action driving music that, I don't I don't think it's equaled. I I really think it's probably my favorite soundtrack movie or TV. I just I think it's stellar, man. Yeah. No, I I I'm with you 110%, man. The 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 music for each episode just is um it augments what you're already seeing on the screen. Like we we talked about earlier like the characters mm-hmm. are so much fun. The style that the anime was done in is just so yeah. stunningly well uh rendered. And then to have this type of mm-hmm. a soundtrack which I you never would have expected, you know, which I mean you should cuz it's Cowboy Bebop, like you, you would, you, you think right. they kind of lay it on heavy-handed, but I don't know. It's, it, it, I thought, I think this is why this show has stood the test of time, and it is probably most people's gateway drug into anime. I mean, you got to figure this was mm-hmm. the first anime to ever make its way onto Adult Swim, you know. So for majority of people yeah. in the United States, in what two thousand one was when it aired, like this was your, this so, was yeah. your first foray into. You know the modern anime versus you know any of the stuff you were able to import prior to that. Um, so so yeah, I mean to to have this so complete of a of a show. This this is why I mean this is why we're reviewing it for your hundredth episode, right? Is because it's such a mm-hmm. like a monster of a of a program. So we, we talked about the music, but I think the thing that to me honestly what made this such a hit in the u.s was the voice acting oh yeah because i mean we've had we had anime before mm-hmm. and i mean yeah you've got like your tenchis and your dbz's and your stuff like that which you're like okay that's sure it's that's voice acting mm-hmm. but this cast with bo billingsley and stephen bloom and wendy lee it's probably the ba- I mean, the background characters. There's a lot of characters that are the exact same. Like Bo Billingsley voices a few. Like he's actually the voice of Teddy Bomber. Yeah, so, like, okay. he does that voice too. And then uh, the guy's name who I can't remember his name, but he does like Demi Devimon and Digimon is like half of everybody else in this show. Well, if you mm-hmm. if you listen, um, you can hear Johnny on Bosch as one of the characters. I think it's like in the third episode. I want to say maybe the fourth. Mona Marshall's in. She like if there's a child, she's in there. Mona Marshall is in it. She's she did the the blind sister. Mm-hmm. She was a cult member. She was the little oh, little ten yeah. year old boy who never aged. Like she does a lot of stuff. Like she's 
in yeah. that show forever. But I mean, your four main people, mm-hmm. they were cast so well. I mean, Ed, I guess you you could really cast anybody as Ed. She's just kind of out there. Oh, she, 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 did was a, she did like her, the voice actress is really good. I think yeah. it's Melissa Fawn, I believe. I can't remember her name. Um, but yeah, is fine too. But I mean, your three main characters, Spike, Jet, and Faye. Mm-hmm. That is, to me, is what gives this show lasting success. Because no one's like, hey, do you want to go out and watch Outlaw Star? I mean, it's a great series, but that voice acting is a little... Mm-hmm. Maybe we watch it in Japanese. But as a starter anime for people, and there are some problems with, you know, lip flaps and everything like that that I've noticed in, like, rewatching the sure. show. But even then, it's it's still great. The voice acting is phenomenal, and they did such a good job, and that's what I think will make this show stand the test of time is their voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think especially in the case of Spike, I mean, he's he's just so iconic in every single way, right down to the voice. And I honestly think both casts, the original Japanese casts and um, the American cast, were just phenomenal, just really phenomenal. Um, I agree. I, I really liked Ed's character. I think the only one that I had some problems with uh, was Jet because I feel like there are some times when he comes off a little corny. Um, you know, yeah, he's a cop. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, but, you know, I love the warmth of his voice, though, too. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's it's great. And I agree. I think among... Um, you know, the the dubs that I've partaken in, it's definitely up there as one of the best, um, especially for television where you've got, you know, many episodes. I think there are some films that I think have been done maybe as good or a little better, but that's just like a one shot kind of deal. So, yeah, I, I agree, though. I think the, the voice acting here is, is very accessible. I, I also don't think that they do a lot of over the top stuff, which a lot of anime, you know, Japan is so different in their entertainment and their aesthetics and, and the things that they do in their shows that a lot of times anime for the casual watcher can seem really over the top. And, you know, like some of the noises that characters make and reactions that they, they have, can seem a little zany and i don't think that this show does any of that so i think it's really palatable to the american audience and yeah it's the perfect crossover to the american audience and it makes sense that that was you know like liam described it the gateway for a lot of people uh in this century to begin to consume anime i mean i know it was the very first one i ever watched and i watched it on adult swim when it was on and I was blown away by it. And so, yeah, it's kind of the perfect storm. They they created this great story with great iconic characters. They put a great cast behind it. And, yeah, it just they caught lightning in a bottle with it. And it may never be equaled. Yeah, because, I mean, like, if, if you look at it, something also, like, along that same-ish genre, but more goofy like if you do something like trigun Mm -hmm. and like yeah what you're talking about you have a lot more of like the zany like whoa and you know johnny young bosch screams a lot he's like "Ah!" (laughs) like all the time Mm -hmm. so 
yeah, comparing the two, but I mean, yeah, like Bebop, Bebop is serious. It's funny. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. It has everything. It's basically NYPD Blue, uh, <laughs> except what? there's no Sipowitz. <laughs> I don't know. That was a bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. To me, it's it's almost perfect. Like there, there, there are some parts where I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. There's some. There's definitely slow episodes. Like I told yeah. you, like I skip episodes. Yeah. Because I mean, it's one of those like I I don't know how many times I've seen this series back to front. Yeah. But yeah, like just watching this, I'm just like, yeah, I'll skip this episode. I don't need to watch it. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really do anything for me. Like the mushroom episode doesn't doesn't really do anything <laughs> for me. I like like that I'll one. I'll always watch the um, like the little the alien episode mm-hmm. i'll always watch that just because it's so good and it's yeah. like it pulls so many things from alien yeah like when spike goes in there like he loses his lighter and yeah. like there's poison gas and he's like oh man i can't like the cigarette well better go back in and you're like why <laughs> like, <laughs> you have other lighters surely that's hilarious yeah but no sorry yeah sorry i, I we didn't get liam's perspective kind of cut you off there no no you're good i mean it's um I'm having a, drawing a blank here. No, I, th- I think with my, like what we were talking about earlier with like Spike being like that, um, the kind of like the, 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 the go-to hero, how everybody I think would initially be like, yeah, my favorite character is Spike. I think that Steve Bloom had done such a phenomenal job voicing that character and the way that he comes across is so engaging that it's like when you hear mm-hmm. Stephen Bloom in other projects like when he's zeb in star wars rebels you know what i mean you're immediately like oh yeah no i'm obviously i'm excited to hear this person um well he was tom forever on toonami and i think he's still tom yeah like he's the little the little, little robot guy, guy yeah who's mm. like hey yeah it's me and you're like oh yeah it's spike nice yeah so i mean like when you when you hear his voice um you know i i, I was a fan of they did a animated series called wolverine and the x-men where it's like mm-hmm. um Professor Xavier and Jean Grey are missing, and so Wolverine has to lead them. And friggin' Steve Stephen Bloom does the voice for Wolverine, so it's like even little things like that. You're just like, yeah, um, I'm on board. It, I don't know. To me, it's it, Spike is such an iconic character, and so much of that, at least here in America, is because of the the voice acting that was that was done. Not just for everybody within the show itself, like you said with Bo Billingsley and um, was it Wendy Lee. Um, but also yeah. with what with what Steve Bloom did. I mean, I, I I will forever want to see more done with that character because of his performance. Yeah, yeah I, I like that, that. Like a lot of Steve Bloom's marketing, like because I mean, he knows he hit you know you hit lightning in a bottle. You're like, I'm going to capitalize on that. Yeah, he sells shirts and like his business card. It's the sound wave of his last bang. Oh and I'm wow! Like, That's super cool. Like Clever. I like I kind of want one of those shirts because it's just sound wave, and then you're like just bang right underneath it. And you're like, That's super cool. <laughs> that like is cool. I, I should get one of those. It's, That's it's very really cool. cool. So so do nice. you? Do, I mean, I know we alluded to it earlier, but do you want to kind of talk real quick about like the ending of the show and like where do you really think this finished off? Yeah, I, mean, I think he's okay. I mean, he survived worse. He survived a crazy assassin clown thing in Bro, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> that he's, was he's awesome. all right. He'll be fine. At, at What was it called? Spaceland? Space yeah. Land. <laughs> that was so cool. That's such a good episode. That's a great episode. And he's been shot multiple times. He'll be fine. That was the one where I felt like it was kind of like a, a 
Batman type villain. It was. You know? It's, it's super Batman <laughs> villain. It's kind of zany off the wall villain. Um, yeah, it's one of those, there's still that part of me that's really weird and it doesn't make any sense because there's really nothing double-sided in the whole entire series, but it really, it really hit me when like Faye tries to stop him mm-hmm. at the end and it's like, you're just gonna, you're just gonna go die and mm-hmm. because of some girl and you're like, man, Faye, I was with you until you brought the girl up, but <laughs> now he's going to good job but yeah like i i loved their interactions together especially in that last scene like there's there's not a lot of like you really get zero hints throughout the whole entire thing that there's any romantic thing between mm-hmm. the two and there's really no romantic thing between the two of them at all but there is a there is a caring between the two right. because like she does go to his rescue like in Spaceland. like he's mm-hmm. like I, i'll do this by myself and she comes in uh, he goes and you know rescues her from the cult, right? Uh, so like there is this like mutual thing between the two, and I mean it may not be romance, it may just be like a caring. But I did like their interactions because like with Jet, it's one of those where it's like he's just gonna let Spike go off and do his thing. Like yeah. he's, he's he's a big boy, he's gonna do. He's just gonna let Spike go. See, I almost read that scene as little sister, big brother. Oh, it very much is. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be romantic. Yeah. It could be like there is a mutual concern and a mm-hmm. care between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, but it was, it did stand out. You're like, wait, this is not like yeah, any sort of conversation yeah. they've ever had before. So that was kind of weird. But I, again, I, I feel like the ending to me is clear. I think Spike is dead. Uh, I have no idea what that means for the rest of the Bebop crew, whether or not, you know, they get some sort of special exemption because technically Spike died as the leader of the Red Dragons or whatever. Because right. isn't it that, um, is it Lynn? Lynn? Yeah, the yeah. brother. Yeah, because Lynn tells him before he dies that he's like, okay, well, if you kill Vicious, you're the default leader of the syndicate. So I think that's why everybody yeah. led to that. Okay. Him saying bang to like, as the, as the other members were kind of closing in is him saying like bang, as I die, this syndicate dies. Cause there's nobody else to take leadership for it. So oh, yeah. everything is done at this point. So that's the way that I read it when I first watched it is like, Oh, well he had to die cause it was the only way to end the syndicate. Otherwise he'd have to be mm-hmm. the leader regardless of whether he wanted to be or not. It was just going to fall to him. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's the, that's the way that, which I mean, in all, in all honesty though, that means nothing if one syndicate goes, cause I mean, there's multiple other syndicates, but sure. he's not a part of and those. They, yeah. they, I, I, I know, but it's, it's just one of those where it's like, to me, that doesn't really do anything. Like if you're just like ending the syndicate, it's like, yeah. well, yeah, they'll just go work for the next one. Yeah. You know, or just rebuild the red dragons and put like Lynn in charge. Yeah. Cause I don't think Lynn died. He, he kind of, like, was fighting people off, and then, like, he kind of, like, held them back so Spike could rush up. Yeah. But that was about it. Like, I don't, I don't think, think we see him shot. after oh, wait, that. No. no. So we yeah, don't know. Yeah, wait, is know. it Lin? Is it Lin or Shin? I don't remember, because there's two guys that look exactly they're, Well, they're brothers. The yeah, they're, they're brothers. brothers. Yeah. So I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. one... But, yeah, I feel like one of them died, and then the other one... <sighs> I feel like the other one does get shot. And like, as he's dying, he tells Spike, like, 
like, hey, if you kill Vicious, remember. like you're the mm-hmm. leader now. Like, I don't know, but but anyways, but yeah, that's that's the way that I read it. And regardless, I mean, it's a valid point, Josh, that you're saying, like, hey, man, there's other crime syndicates. Like, this is a world of crime now, so they're just gonna go do something else. But Spike was never mm-hmm. trying to stop all of the syndicates or all the mob bosses. Yeah, just just this it. one. Well, see, but here's the thing: is he trying to stop the Red Dragon, or is he just trying to? Stop I think he understood. I think yeah. he un- he had an understanding that you know kind of that like blood in blood out mentality that like look you're never fully out of this until you're dead and then he realized like look if the only way that i can get out is by dying and by dying and killing vicious i can end this syndicate then my death will have meaning and i didn't just die for nothing like i think that that was kind of where Mm -hmm. like i said i mean that's the way that i read it initially but the, you know, yeah. having watched it so many times, then especially when they came out with um, knocking on heaven's door and getting that ability to return to these characters, I was like, "Well, I don't want them to be mm-hmm. dead. I just want more Bebop stories. Like, tell them forever. I'm fine with that." Yeah, I, I, I see what you get, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I I completely see that that reasoning and that that uh, that verge there. I I see it, but it's it's also one of those where it's like. The Red Dragons they don't really care about Spike. No, like the like they never tried to like like if it's blood in blood out, it's like they never tried to track him they down. Just left them, al- <laughs> yeah, they left him alone. The mm-hmm. only reason that he even got involved again was all vicious. Yeah, so like yeah, I think the Red Dragons like even if he if he kills vicious, goes bang, collapses and then comes back, it's like I don't think they would do anything to him. Just be like, oh well, bye. You know, time it's like, right because right. they still have those three actual like heads of the red dragon that are just kind of those old dudes that are like same old guy voice in every <laughs> single anime of that time frame. Right, like they were in Ghost in the Shell, they were in everything. Like a couple, like one of them's in Digimon, and it's just like, oh yeah, it's just old man voice. That's what we need right now. And they're like, okay, good, old man voice. So yeah, so I think they're like, I don't think they ever died. I don't think, I don't think Vicious I think, killed them. I feel like Vicious... Well, I, know, I know he, he, killed, killed, he one, killed a lot of people. But I the... feel like it's insinuated that he he does away with all four of them. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Because you don't see them at the end either. You see the remaining few that are left that are were loyal to Vicious. And that's it. Yeah. I, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, like so many things in the show, um, some of those details are left ambiguous. And I think all of it's those also, things like, doesn't matter really. I mean, that's why it's yeah. ambiguous because it's like right. But I think that that goes back to you know the fact that a lot of these things that are these details that are left unexplained just lend to the general kind of romance of the show, and you know how they've romanticized the the lifestyle and the the era and you know everything about it really. So to me, I kind of am fine with having a few loose ends at the very end of the show, you know, whether or not you think spike survives. I mean, I, I could be fine either way. I just think it makes a prettier picture if he dies at the end, but yeah, I mean, I, I could go either way with that. I mean, it definitely fits the character, but yeah, I kind of feel like with the other characters, I feel like, you know, Ed has gone off on her own and I don't know if she went back home or what she's doing, but I feel like, with uh jet you know i could definitely see him maybe somehow going back to the force like 
he did he did his stint and then now yeah it's like okay yeah now i'm gonna go back and be like chief of police or something you know something like that uh and then i don't know what faye would do after she'd just go back to being i really have no idea yeah yeah she lost yeah i don't know how many times because of betting so i think think, (laughs) there's there's that whole episode is like her winning she's like she's like i at the racetrack and like oh and she's like i'm gonna go bet on the dogs they're way better she wins (laughs) twice and then she has that stack and she just loses it loses it all and you're like oh well i mean that's how it happens betting's luck and you're like yeah why did you Oh my but gosh. yeah, I, 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 she's yeah. like irredeemable. She's just going to be the way that she is. So yeah, I, I see her falling right back right. into the same routines. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, poor girl. I mean, she's stuck out of time. So hey, Captain America yeah, was, and true. he learned Kinda. a way to deal with it, so she can deal with it. Get herself a shield. He's also a fi- <laughs> he's also a fictional. Oh, that's character. right. I forgot that Faye is in real life. She could oh. be. Well, she also doesn't have any sort of superpowers, and right. One of them does have no. One of her su- her superpowers is to be able to fight in that outfit. That is that is her superpower <laughs> with the ultimate right? wedgie. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, the one thing we didn't hit on at all yet is the artwork in this show. What do you guys think about the quality of art and animation? It's good. Some of the bad guys kind of look the same. Yeah, kind of I mean, the not, same. not not henchmen. The I mean, actual like, villains. Like, yeah, like actual villains. Like the big tall dude with the fro who had Ayn. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like the assassin on the prison ship that Jet kills. Yeah, yeah who also kind of looks like. Um, oh crap! I can't remember his name. But there's, there's another dude that looks mm-hmm. remarkably similar. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's like, know, like they kind of look the same. Andy and Spike look pretty much identical. Yeah, but I think I, that was intentional. Supposed, yeah, because they're kind of two sides of the but same I mean, coin. But I mean, that, that's that's kind of the um, the issue with a lot of anime, right? Like you look at Trigun, and it's almost every mm-hmm. villain, like well, it's whether it's brilliant, brilliant lights, neon, or um, oh, what's the 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 guy that he finally like loses it? The first of the um, Oh crap! Oh, you, the whatever. Yeah, the guy called. that has the Gatling gun, right? And he like completely mows yeah. on the town. It's like, hey, here's the taller guy with a sharp pointed nose, you know, a, a, a huge upper body and smaller legs with a giant gun. And you're like, okay, well, that yeah, that's pretty much the hero, or that's pretty much your, all your villains. But you can make that argument for even some of the heroes, where you're like, oh, here's Vash the Stampede, blonde guy in a red coat. Oh, here's Edward Allrich, blonde kid in a red coat. Like there is definitely some redundancy to character design um but i think like what Mm -hmm. we were talking about before with like the i think josh had mentioned the way that spike walks right like this the his swagger his sway um you know the the voice acting the the way that each character fights is definitively different it's not like the same series of movements so i think that's what differentiates Mm -hmm. so much of the 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 characters but i think the the sleekness of the design like we talked about earlier with the, the the starships uh, the way that they are all rendered is just, um, to me, it's fantastic. I think um, visually this is probably one of the best animes. Even though I love Trigon because of the story, because of the voice acting, because so much of it, I think maybe the design work in this one is a little bit better uh, just because mm-hmm. it is, um, uh, I don't know, it, it's so defined in the way that it, that it was done. And I, I almost feel like it is that uh, it's... Um, 
replicated but never duplicated type thing. Like, you know, people tried mm-hmm. to bite on that style, but nobody's ever going to be Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I feel like the the design aesthetic of this is very well conceived and it's very consistent. You know, I don't feel like there's ever a character that you feel like, oh, this character doesn't really fit here. You know, it doesn't really look like it belongs in this universe. I think everything kind of fits in seamlessly. And I, I, I feel like a lot of times, especially with TV shows, you know, you have to kind of recycle a little bit just because of time and budget. So, I, you know, I can kind of forgive some of the villains looking the same uh, for the most part. For me, I also really enjoy the environments, though. You know, all of the different planets and locations that they go to, you know, they all kind of have their own little look. You know, we see really neat, gritty cityscapes and, and uh, you know, like there's that one episode, The Waltz for Venus, where you see all those little floating islands above it's the city. Avatar. It is kind of Avatar, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I just Hallelujah Hills. Yeah, really, really neat, cool environments that they go uh, to, and you know, I just, I just love it. And I think it's, it's even more so in the movie. Like the artwork in that is just ridiculous. But you know, I think they do a great job for a TV show. You know, I'm not really big into television animation because I feel like the the quality is always a little bit less than you get in feature film animation and you know it's because of time constraints and budget constraints and it's understandable but this one feels so cinematic in most episodes that I'm just entranced by it I I think that they created a, a great look from top to bottom and I just I enjoy it very much visually there there are a few times where the character animation looks like it was rushed a little bit but they're very far and few between and i actually think for 1998 they did a pretty pretty good job of uh using cg in this show as well there's a lot of shots of uh, especially panned out shots of the planets and the the system of gates that they used where they're using computer graphics and they do it really well for this being a show that's 20 years old. You know, they're, they're pretty seamless. They have a, they don't jump out at you, you know, like, like, uh, the Hydra and Hercules, <laughs> you know, which was the year before this, 97, two years before yeah. this, you know, yeah, where it, where it just pops out. You're like, Whoa, that wasn't drawn by hand at all. Uh, you know, and, I think the the Japanese animation studios have been far ahead of the American studios in doing that. Uh, we've talked about it a number of times on the show when we talked about Padma and Boy and the Beast. They just they integrate CG with 2D animation so well. They just they they just do it right, and I and I appreciate that in this show. So visually, I think this is fantastic. Yeah, like I think animation wise like the walking animations are always great and i Mm -hmm. I was telling gavin that whenever anybody pulls a gun on the in this series Mm -hmm. it looks so good and crisp yeah like people should be pulling guns Mm -hmm. um it i I think i could be wrong on this but whenever i remember pay uh faye pulling a gun Mm -hmm. she doesn't pull it up here like it would be constricting 
for like she doesn't pull it eye level to be constricting. She hers is kind of like chest. Because oh, I guess yeah. that would mean like because she can't pull her arms all the way up. Now when she one hands it, she yeah. pulls it all the way up. Mm-hmm. But like when she like draws on somebody, it's like chest level, yeah. and then like she'll slowly go up. But I think maybe they, that little maybe, red shirt. Yeah, I think maybe they take into account her elbows. Her, yeah, her movement, her shirtness. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to pay attention to that next time I watch. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what it is. That's funny. But yeah, like I, the fighting is all is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, all the space stuff looks good. Everything looks lived in. Um, nothing looks like it's like oh look we made this just for this one shot and then we're gonna get rid of it. Right. And yeah, everything looks nice and good. There's dirt and rust in places that you expect them to be dirt and rust. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just it just looks so good. Yeah, the attention to detail is so so good. Like when they're you know in a location that's only in one episode, they fully develop that location. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. cheap yeah. ever. They're, they're in Callisto for two episodes, and you can tell that. Oh, you can see like the way that everything looks. Like, you can tell that there was, like, a sudden snowstorm mm-hmm. that just completely snowed out the entire planet. Because yeah. you have high-rises that are in the process of being built that have just been abandoned because they're like, oh, snap, snow. We yeah. should just quit. And so that's <laughs> what they do. And it, it just looks so good. Yeah. Like, everything looks like it has a purpose. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. You guys want to rate? You have any favorite episodes? Oh, okay. We can talk favorite episodes. Yeah. Gavin? Uh, I mentioned the Waltz for Venus, which I really like. I also like the... I like the Mushroom episode. Um, God, there's so many good episodes. I like the episode with Andy. I think that one's hilarious to me. The The fact that Spike just gets so frustrated by Andy the whole time is like... He's just so pissed at and him because like, Andy it, keeps mistaking him for the mark. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh! And I, I love, love how uh, Jet and Faye like comment on that. Like, he's just mad because it's him. Yeah, right? exactly. And then at the end, so he's like, "Yeah, he's not a bad guy." You know, that's <laughs> so good. I, man, it's hard to pick one. It really is. I think. Mo- I was, I was gonna say. Episodes. I think most people would one. probably. I mean, stray dog, yeah. stray dog strut, obviously, because it's your introduction to Ein. So I think that's just like a really fun. Um, episode mm-hmm. obviously um, honky talk woman, but my favorite definitely has to be Mishmash Blues. <laughs> so, Which one is that? Um, because of when this aired uh, in Japan, it was actually canceled for a little oh, while yeah. because of the violence <laughs> that was happening in Japan. So they did like this weird episode where it was basically like the characters just doing like exposition, like talking about like hypothetical and like theoretical things. And then it just sort of ended with like, uh, this is not the end. You'll we'll see the back. real co- Cowboy Bebop someday. Like they literally were just like, well, sorry guys. Like, here's a lot of philosophical BS and maybe someday you'll get to watch the rest of this show. Like it was so weird. <laughs> I had to search to find it though. Nice. Like I had heard about it, but I, I hadn't seen it. So I had to search to actually find this episode, but it's freaking. Ooh. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's, I think it's on the oh, DVD. Oh man. I really liked Boogie Woogie. Feng oh yeah. Shui. With the, that was a good one. Is that the one with Jet? Yeah. Where Jet yeah. Yeah, meets up with the girl. She's like an expert in, in, and in her, Feng Shui. Her, yeah. 
Yeah, and her her dad was like this feng shui <laughs> so wizard, weird. and they meet him in like a portal in space. It's such a sci-fi episode. It's I very love it. Star Trek. Fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> They're like traveling in a wormhole for half the episode. It's. I loved it. I thought that was uh, a great one. What's the one that we just we watched? That was Waltz for Venus. Waltz for Venus. Yeah. Well, it's great because like watch this episode, and it is almost a an exact same storytelling of a samurai shampoo episode oh really that watanabe does as well right where the boy is trying to steal but he has a sick mother oh, okay and he only steals so that his he uh, sister's the, eyesight the medicine yeah. or whatever her medications yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah basically uh, the exact same storylines yeah. it's like well that just seems i guess yeah it's effective <laughs> but it's also like hey you did it you yeah. did it or you been back in 98 so right. yeah, it's a little bit newer um but no, I really like the 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 Perot episode with yeah, the assassin. That one's that's really probably good. it's up there with one of my favorites. But then I also like um Yeah, the Toys the in the Attic. One. Yeah. That one's remember. so Toys, Toys in the, in the Attic. Attic. Yeah, that's a good it's, one. It's so good. <laughs> I like that one too. You say like, so what happens if you get bit? <laughs> Be like, uh, you probably die. You're like, Oh no, I'm too young. <laughs> you're like, eh, you're like eighty. <laughs> uh, that's true yeah it's man there's so and many it, good ones I, and i like I mean, just I, like the fact that the, the titles that they go with you know what i mean where it's like we said like stray drugs mm-hmm. stray dog strut honky tonk woman jupiter jazz the fact that they use my funny valentine as a title like yeah they use the homie Rhapsody, which i really wanted to like that episode more than i did just because i'm such a big queen fan and it's right. like it's a good episode mm-hmm. but it's definitely not like my favorite episode yeah. Yeah. I, unlike Josh, I don't have any that I skip, but I probably haven't watched it quite as many times as Josh. It's man, it's it's so hard. I, I feel like every time I do watch through it, there's a different episode that kind of stands out to me as like, oh, yeah, this is really, really good. So next time I watch it, there's probably going to be three or four others that I'll be really yeah. into. Yeah. It's just got so much. There's so much to it. I guess there's really no point in us ranking this. I mean, pretty sure what we're all going to give it. I mean, is anybody not going to give it a five? No, it's, this has to be a solid five clouds for nah. me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a five. Yeah. So it's five dippers, five Jimmy yeah. Crickets, five clouds. God, so, I, seriously, I'm going to just go watch it like right now. Because like, just having talked about this for almost two hours, like I'm just I'm ready to go dive right back in again. Yeah. It's so fantastic. I I, I want to watch the yeah. movie because I just finished watching the show. I want to rewatch the movie, and you know, it was, it really was the perfect place for us to start this show. Mm-hmm. You know, having Cowboy Bebop be the first movie, it gave us a feature film, it gave us anime, and it really was a good place for us to, uh, you know, just kick and, it all off. And you, and we should re-record re- <laughs> that episode. What? It's on old equipment. Yeah, it, it is. It's sa- the sound quality is not that great. It sounds bad. We had good conversations, though. Yeah. It, was, it was fun. It was I remember a good way to episode. kick off the, this podcast, you guys. And it was a movie that had Spike Spiegel fighting in a hallway with a mop. So, I mean, let's let's just... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very let's Jackie go back Chan. to, to re- yeah. reminisce on the brilliance of the fight scenes in that freaking movie. Even, like, the opening, like, drugstore fight scene. Like... Mm-hmm. Oh. That's so great! I love that. It's yeah. it probably the, that's the thing that I remember with Cowboy Bebop, and I said it in the in the uh, 
like in that episode, mm-hmm. like I love that What's Up yeah. song that they sing, yes. which is like the random people just singing and Spikes yeah. just like walking through, just mm-hmm. like do 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 do, and everyone's just like What's Up, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it it's really amazing. I, I I'm I'm very proud of what I'm about we've to say. You can't show. gloss over a hundred episodes, um, you guys. And I know it's technically more than that because of like yeah. the cartoon cafes. It's like yeah, but but it's it's honestly <laughs> right. it's awesome that you guys have stuck with it this long. Um, you know, with the the stuff, the work that I've done outside of like Cloud City Cast and like writing intros and outros for other shows. Like, there's kind of this rule of thumb where most shows either last six episodes or six months, like whichever happens first. So the fact that you guys have been at this for so long, the fact that you've hit a hundred episodes that you've developed as like podcasters. Um, I mean, that's, that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not anything to shake a fist at. Like this is a huge accomplishment. And honestly, it's like, I'm honored to have been present. Like, even though obviously I wasn't on like that first episode or anything, but like being around and knowing that like, even if I could just offer advice here or there or pop on the show when it, when I was available or Brittany to do that, like, it's been an honor and you know as much as i like to banter and argue with you guys like i i fully appreciate you guys uh we're still in the middle oh of we the definitely party, are by the way um but no i i appreciate you guys having me on this episode it's been a blast and here's to 100 more well I mean, absolutely and then you're done yes. 200 and then that's uh, it yeah 200 we're done i, I can't go any past that um but i mean you're pretty like Cloud City is like the reason that we really started getting into podcasts because like my first episode with you guys, I, I we hadn't no. done the podcast. No, you we hadn't started it yet. And Gavin's first, you guys hadn't started the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, like getting on with you and talking with you guys was one of the reasons that you know we started this. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, thanks so much everybody for listening. Um, it's been great. We've met a lot of cool people. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've met a lot of cool people doing these interviews. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that wants to do another episode, like another podcast that's just just Josh's interviews. Just I, I just want to call it just Josh. And <laughs> oh, and nice. It's just, it's just me just interviewing people. I like it. I like it. But that would be hard. well. Yeah, I definitely thank you to all the listeners and subscribers. Uh, you know who've tuned in some people from the very beginning it's amazing that you've stuck around with us this long um but we totally appreciate it we appreciate the interaction and you know just the fact that you dig tuning in to listening to us nerd out about animation it's awesome you know we do it because we enjoy sitting around talking about this kind of stuff and what's cool is that you know josh now has uh, a group of co-hosts Um, so I feel like we get a good variety on the show and we talk about a much greater variety of topics on the show now. And, you know, you, you throw in all the interviews that Josh does. And I mean, on the episodes when I'm not on, I definitely still tune in because I feel like we've created a, a pretty quality show. And I think a lot of that is because of my super host friend here, Josh, who has really just turned this into something that is as viable as it is. So nice job, Josh. Thank you. You're, Thanks for you've, 
Thanks for being on a good amount of them. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm still here now and again. Um, you know, like I said, you've got a group of co-hosts, so you've got a team at your. And back to and be call, fair, basically. the fact that Gavin put but, up with you for as long as he did, like he deserves an award just for that. <laughs> that's why I. That's why I. I only come I on like once every like. No, 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 a couple dozen episodes, and then it's like, all right, I've had my fill of Josh. <laughs> Josh has had his fill of me. Enough. Time to move it along. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> um, I was going to go in here and be like, thanks to all of our... I'm just going to say thanks to all of our listeners across the globe, because I was going to do a thing Jeez. where we used to name... That's like 50 countries. There's 66. 66 um, countries? Where we used to you know, go through... And back when there was like 30 of them, right. and it was still a while, but now yeah. that there's 66, I'm like, just thanks everybody for mm-hmm. listening. It's been great. So yeah, like Liam said, thanks for 100, here's to 100 more. And then we stop. <laughs> You're here. No. <laughs> Episode 200. I mean, we hit a th- uh, 100. Let's go for 1,000. 1,000? Hey, yeah. now. Well, I mean, if we hit 200, we only have like 80 episodes. Yeah, left. right. <laughs> hey, I like finite episodes, so let's do uh, <laughs> hard stop 200. Cloud City Cast has a hard stop Start at 300. Start writing the finale only now. people that listen to this uh, show will know that at 300, we're done. I am so No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh man! So Liam, again, thanks for coming on. Well, uh, you can, can find me you? at uh, Citizen of Disney. Oh wait, no, that's my wife's. Uh, you can find me at Lee. You can find <laughs> him on the iTunes Store at Honor Bride. <laughs> uh, no, you can find me uh, at Cloud City Cast for um, the show that I do with my amazing co-host and wife uh, Brittany, and then also our son Remy. Uh, and then you can find me individually uh, at Liam Bright. Kevin. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gavin Audison Art on the web, com, And you can check me out on another podcast I co-host on called The Podcateers. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. On Twitter at Animate Podcast. On Facebook and Tumblr at Animation Station Podcast. On the website, animationstationpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. And also on the website, just click on the little podcast tab, and that'll launch everything that we currently have. Mm-hmm. All 100. All 100. Well, Woo. all 117. Yes. So. There are some extras. <laughs> um, let's see. Our, our last anime episode, conveniently, we talked about her in this this episode Mm -hmm. uh our last day of anime the 31st of may um so this thursday we have episode 101 which is my interview with the extremely talented mona marshall who has been in voice acting since the 70s wow so she has had a full career isn't stopping she was izzy in digimon one of my favorites she played little crazy assassin boy in this uh, she's been in everything. So, yeah, be sure and check that one out, guys. And, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. So, yeah, thanks again, everybody. Thanks for coming on, Liam. <laughs> he's, he's playing with Remy. He doesn't he didn't hear anything. That's so how I roll. <laughs> so, yeah, th- thanks again, guys. So, for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. And I've been Liam. Gavin. And you've been Cloud City Cast. Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh. oh, no, we've been casted. <laughs>